the first mansion chapter two of the interior castle this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. recording by anne boulet the interior castle or the mansions by saint teresa of avila translated by the reverend john dalton the first mansion chapter two the saint shows how deformed a soul in mortal sin is and speaks of the knowledge of ourselves etc before i proceed further i wish you to consider what a spectacle it is to behold this castle so resplendent and beautiful this oriental pearl this tree of life which is planted amidst the living waters of life that is god what a spectacle is it when it falls into mortal sin no darkness is more dark nor is anything so black and foul as such a soul. You need not wish to know more than to know that the sun itself, which gave it such luster and beauty, though still in the center of it, is, nevertheless, as if it were not there. And yet that soul is as capable of enjoying his majesty, as a crystal rejoices in the brightness of the sun. Nothing does that soul good, and hence all her good works are fruitless, as long as she remains in mortal sin neither are they of any help towards enabling her to arrive at eternal glory because such works not coming from god as from their source whence our virtue becomes virtue cannot be pleasing in his eyes when we are separated from him for the intention of him who commits a mortal sin is not to please god but the devil who being obscurity and darkness itself the poor soul likewise becomes darkness itself i know a person to whom our lord was pleased to reveal the state of a soul in mortal sin the person said that she thought if men only considered and understood well such a state no one would commit a sin even though we were to suffer the greatest torments possible in order to avoid the occasions the person accordingly became exceedingly desirous that all men should understand this truth i also wished my daughters that you would excite yourselves earnestly to beseech our lord for those who are in this miserable state for they are all darkness and so are their works also as all the streams are clear that issue from a clear fountain such is a soul in a state of grace and hence it is that all her works are so pleasing in the eyes of god in men because they proceed from this fountain of life in which it is planted like a tree and it would have neither verdure nor fruit except it receive them hence this tree sustains it and makes it continually bear good fruit so on the contrary when a soul by her own fault separates herself from this fountain and is planted in another containing foul and stinking water all that flows from it is foul and fetid too but we should understand that this fountain and this resplendent sun which is in the center of the soul lose not their brightness and glory for these always remain in it and nothing can take away its beauty but if any one should throw a black cloth over a crystal which is exposed to the sun it is evident that though the sun may shine upon it it will have no effect on the crystal o souls redeemed by the blood of jesus christ know and pity yourselves how is it possible that knowing this truth as you do you do not endeavor to take away the pitch from this crystal consider how when once your life is ended you will never return any more to enjoy this light o oh, jesus what a misery it is to behold a soul separated and deprived from this light what miserable objects are the poor mansions of the soul 
How disordered are the senses! What wretched people are they who live in them? With what blindness and bad government do the powers rule, which are the commanders, stewards, and waiters? But as the soil in which the tree is planted is the devil, what fruit can be produced? I once heard a spiritual man say, that he wondered not so much at the evil which a person committed who was in mortal sin, as at what he did not commit. May God, in his mercy, deliver us from so great an evil. For while we live in this life, sin only deserves the name of evil, since it brings upon us eternal evils. This, my daughters, is what we ought to fear, and from which we must beseech God, in our prayers, to free us. For, unless he keep the city, in vain shall we labor, since we are nothing but misery itself. The person mentioned above said that she had received two benefits from the favor God had bestowed upon her, in showing her the miserable state of a soul in mortal sin. The first was an exceedingly great fear of offending him, and therefore she was continually beseeching him not to let her fall, as she saw such dreadful evil would follow. The second benefit was that she obtained thereby a looking-glass to excite humility in her. For she knew that the good which we do is not originally from ourselves, but from the fountain in which this tree of our souls is planted, and from this sun which gives heat to our actions. She said this was represented so clearly to her, that when she did any good action, or saw one done by another, she had recourse to this principle, and perceived how without this aid we could do nothing, Hence it was that she immediately broke forth into the praises of God, and in general did not remember herself in any good action which she did. The time would not be lost, sisters, which either you spent in reading or I in writing this, if we did but gain these two benefits, which learned and sensible persons know very well. But the dullness of us women stands in need of all of this. Hence our Lord is perhaps pleased that such comparisons should come to our mind, may his goodness be pleased to help us herein these interior subjects are so difficult to understand that whoever knows no more than i do is compelled to say many superfluous and foolish things in order to mention a few things which may be useful whoever reads this must have patience since i have it by writing what i do not understand i sometimes take the pen in my hand like a foolish creature not knowing what to say nor how to begin I know very well that it is very important for you that I should explain to you some interior matters as well as I can, since we always hear it said, what a good thing prayer is, and we are bound by our rule to use it so many hours, and yet it is not explained to us. Little is mentioned to us regarding what we ourselves can do in it, and respecting those things which our Lord operates in our soul, I mean supernaturally. As this little is presented to our understandings in many and different ways, it will be a great consolation to us to take a view of this heavenly internal edifice, which is so little understood by mortals, though many walk through it. And though in other things which I have written, our Lord has enabled me to understand something, yet I have since discovered some things I did not understand so well as I do now, especially those which are more difficult. The difficulty is, that many things already well known must be said in order to understand these other matters. My poor understanding knows no other way. Let us then now return to our castle of many mansions. You must not contemplate these rooms as one behind another, well arranged and in good order. Rather, cast your eyes on the center, 
which is the lodging or palace where the king is, and consider that as in a pineapple, before we come to the kernel which is to be eaten, there are many skins which cover and enclose it. So here about this chamber there are many mansions, and over it likewise there are many, because things relating to the soul are always to be considered with a certain fullness and greatness. Since too much cannot be said respecting the soul, which is capable of much more than we are able to imagine, the sun which is in this palace communicates itself to all the parts thereof. It is very important for a soul which makes use of prayer, whether it be little or much, that persons should not confine or straighten her, but let her walk freely through all these rooms, above, below, and on the sides, seeing God has bestowed on her so great a dignity. Let her not force herself to remain long in one room only, though it be in that of the knowledge of oneself, which is indeed very necessary. See that you understand me. Even for those whom our Lord entertains in the same chamber in which he is himself. For, however favored they may be, they must know that nothing else can perfect them but prayer. Nor will they be able to act otherwise, even should they wish to do so. For humility must always be at work just as a bee flies abroad and sucks the flowers, so, believe me, may the soul, by this knowledge of herself, sometimes soar above also, to consider the greatness and majesty of her God. Here she will the better discover her own baseness than in herself. She will likewise be more free from those insects that come into the first rooms, viz. those of the knowledge of oneself wherein, as I have said, it is a great mercy of God to be exercised, whether this be done more or less, as the saying is. Let them believe me that by this virtue of God we shall labor much more vigorously than by being so much tied to the things of earth. I know not whether I have expressed myself sufficiently clear, for this knowledge of ourselves is so very important, that I wish you never to admit any relaxation therein, however highly elevated you may be, because while we live on this earth, nothing is more necessary for us than humility. I say then again that it is very good, nay, the very best thing, to enter first into the mansion where this knowledge is practiced, rather than fly to the others, because this is the way of them, and if we can advance in a safe and smooth path, why should we desire wings to fly? Let us, therefore, endeavor to advance more in this way. For, in my opinion, we shall never be able to know ourselves, except we endeavor to know God. By considering His greatness, we discover our own baseness. By contemplating His purity, we discover our own filthiness. And beholding His humility, we shall discover how far we are from being truly humble. Herein is a double gain. The first is, that as a white color next to a black appears much whiter, and on the contrary, a black near a white color, so are our imperfections better discovered by being contrasted with the divine perfections. The second is, that our understanding and will are ennobled thereby, and more disposed to every good, in meditating by turns both on ourselves and on God. For never to rise from the mire of our own miseries is very injurious to us. As we said of those in mortal sin, that those streams are very black and fetid, so the same may be said here. For though they be not so bad as these, may God deliver us from that, for I speak by a comparison. Yet by dwelling continually on the misery of our body, the stream will never run clear on account of the mud of fears and of cowardice, 
which will come upon us. For we may be inclined to consider whether others notice us or not, whether some evil may not happen to us if we go along this way, whether it be pride in us to attempt such and such a work, whether it be good for one, so miserable as I am, to think about applying myself to so high a matter as prayer, whether people will think better of me for not going along the way everyone else goes, that extremes, even in virtue, are not good, that being so base a sinner, my fall from such a height might be greater, that perhaps I should not go forward, and might injure some others who were good, that such a person as I am need not be singular, etc. Oh, my daughters, how many souls has the devil utterly ruined by this way? All this seems humility to them, and many other things that I could say, which arise from not understanding ourselves, for the knowledge of ourselves sometimes confuses us, if we never get out of ourselves. I am not surprised that this, and much more, are so much dreaded. I say then, daughters, that we must fix our eyes on Christ, our only good, and there we shall learn true humility. Let us also consider his saints. I said, our understanding must be ennobled, and thus the knowledge of ourselves will not make it base and cowardly. For although this be the first mansion, yet it is exceedingly rich, and so very valuable, that whoever can get free from the insects therein will not fail to advance further. Terrible are the wiles and stratagems of the devil, for keeping souls from knowing themselves and understanding their ways. From my experience I could give you many remarkable signs, on this account I say, that you must not consider a few of these rooms only, but a million, for souls enter there by many ways, and all with a good intention. But as the devil always has a bad intention, in every one of these rooms he no doubt keeps many legions of devils to attack souls, and to hinder them from passing from one to another. The poor soul, not knowing this snare, is deluded by him in a thousand ways, though he cannot so easily act thus with regard to those who are nearer the king's palace. But here, as they are yet immersed in the world and engulfed in its pleasures, and deceived by its honors and ambition, the guards of the soul, which are the senses and faculties which God has given her, have no strength of their own, and hence these souls are easily conquered. Though these be desirous of not offending God, and perform good works, yet they who shall see themselves in this state stand in need of approaching nearer, by degrees, to the divine majesty, and of taking the blessed virgin and the saints for their intercessors, that so they may fight for them, since their servants have little strength to defend them. Indeed, in every state, strength must come from God. May his majesty grant it to us in his mercy. Amen. How miserable is the life we live in! But because I have said sufficient elsewhere, daughters, respecting the harm we receive through not understanding the benefit of humility and that of the knowledge of ourselves, I shall say no more here on that subject, though it is very important. Our Lord grant that I may have spoken something which has been useful to you. You must notice that, in these first mansions, there comes little of that light which diffuses itself from the palace wherein the king resides, for they are not dark and black, as is the case when the soul is in mortal sin, yet they are in some degrees obscured, so that the light cannot enlighten him who is in these rooms, and this is not through any fault of the room, I know not how to explain myself, but because so many noxious things, such as serpents, lizards, vipers, and venomous creatures, enter with him, 
so as to hinder him from perceiving the light, just as if one should come into a place where the sun shone much, but his eyes were so covered with dirt that he could hardly open them. The room is lightsome, but he enjoys it not, because these filthy vermin are an impediment. They blind his eyes in such a way that he sees nothing but them. Thus it sometimes seems to be the case with a soul, which though it be not altogether in a bad state, is nevertheless so taken up with the things of this world, and so immersed, as I said, in wealth, honors, and business, that truly if she were desirous of beholding and delighting in her own beauty, they will not allow her to do so, and it seems she cannot escape so many obstacles. It is very proper, in order to enter into the second mansions, that every one should endeavor, according to his state, to give up every business which is not necessary. This is so very important for arriving at the principal mansion, that, except one begin to do this, I consider it impossible to arrive, and though he may be within the castle, he will not on that account be able to remain in the room, where he is already, without apparent danger, because among so many venomous creatures, it is impossible not to be bitten some time or other. What an evil, then, would it be, daughters, if those who are free from these stumblings, as we are, who have already entered further into other secret rooms of the castle, should by our own fault return again to these tumults? On account of our sins there are many, no doubt, who, after having received great favors from our Lord, have by their own fault relapsed into this misery. Here we are free, as regards the exterior." May our Lord grant we may be the same in our interior also. Be careful, my daughters, to keep ourselves free from other people's business. Consider that there are few mansions of this castle in which the devils do not fight. It is true that, in some, the guards, that is, the faculties, have strength to resist the devils. But it is necessary for us not to neglect observing their wiles, that so, when they transform themselves into angels of light, they may not deceive us. There are many things which, insinuating themselves by little and little, may hurt us exceedingly, and we may not perceive the evil till it be past. I have elsewhere told you that it is like a deaf file, and we must observe it in its beginnings. I will mention some particulars in order to enable you to understand the subject better. The devil, for instance, suggests to a sister certain impetuous desires of doing penance, so that she never seems to rest but when she is torturing herself. This beginning is good, but if the superioress should have commanded that no penance should be done without leave, and the devil should make her believe that for so good an object she may take some liberty, she immediately and secretly enters upon such a course, whereby she in the end loses her health, and is therefore unable to do what the rule commands. Then you see what all this apparent good ends in, in another he excites zeal for very great perfection. This is very good, but from this cause any small fault in the sisters may appear a great crime to her eyes, and she may become very anxious to observe whether they commit faults, and not seeing her own. She will be running to the superioress to acquaint her with them, moved thereto by the great zeal she has for discipline. But the rest, not knowing her interior, and seeing her so busy, do not possibly like this conduct very well. That which the devil aims at hereby is no trifle, viz, to cool our charity and mutual love. This would indeed be a great evil. Let us remember, daughters, that true perfection consists in the love of God and our neighbor. 
the more perfectly we observe these two precepts the more perfect we shall be our whole rule and constitution serve for nothing else but as so many means for enabling us to do this with more perfection let us banish such indiscreet zeal as may injure us and let each one look to herself but because i have spoken at length on this matter elsewhere i will not enter into further particulars here this mutual love is so very important that i wish you never to forget it for by noticing in others certain unimportant matters which sometimes will prove not even imperfections but we take them perhaps in a bad sense because we know little of the person's interior the soul may both lose her own peace and likewise disturb the peace of others consider then if perfection will cost you dear or no the devil can also raise this temptation against the prioress and it may prove more dangerous great discretion is therefore necessary for if faults be committed against the rules and constitutions they must not always be passed over but the superioress should be informed of them if they are not corrected the superior must be told of the matter and this is charity again if any very serious faults should be found among the sisters to let such things pass by through fear lest it might only be a temptation would itself be a temptation great care should be taken lest the devil might deceive us not to mention this matter to another person for thereby the devil may gain much and introduce a habit of detraction but speak of it as i said to such as can and should remedy the evil in this place glory be to god much liberty is not allowed for it on account of the continual silence which is observed end of the first mansion chapter two